0: Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God; we ought to be able to talk about Him.
2: Getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time with Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz.
3: Praise, be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McLean, keeping you informed and inspired. It's so good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. How is your day? What's on your agenda today? I would love to know that sometimes. What do you have to accomplish? What are you what are you up against? You want to hang out with us on our live video streams? Boy, we'd love to have you there. And of course, you could comment and let us know where you're from and what's on your agenda today that we can pray for. We'll be praying for that here in a moment. But, but for the glory of God and the salvation of souls, we have a great program today. I'm so excited. Teresa Kamara, our pro-life in-house, uh, I guess you could say... Uh, contributor uh correspond how do we i don't know we'll we'll come up with a great title for teresa kamara but we're going to be talking about pro life news of course uh the big story this week was joe Scheidler dies and the march for life was canceled for the first time in decades i mean uh kind of crazy i mean march uh, you know, there's rallies and uh, protests going on in new york and seattle and other places but uh, just not allowed in D.C. right now, I guess. So we'll be having that conversation, plus looking down the road the next four years. In light of Archbishop Jose Gomez's letter from the USCCB, which we'll be covering today on the program. So all of that on the show, plus breaking news and stories, plus uh, saying of the day, plus gospel of the day. Uh, and the team is here. Good morning to you, Emily Alvarez
0: Good morning, Joe. We have a new president now.
3: Okay, uh, great. <laughs> uh, wonderful. And he's Catholic, apparently.
0: That, it Supposedly. appears so, he claims, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: well, we, well, we do pray for uh, President Absolutely. Joe Biden, and we pray for mm-hmm. Kamala Harris. We pray for them, because that is our duty, as St. Paul it makes it so clear in his epistles that we should pray for even even the emperor. And so we are praying for their reversion, conversion, especially on the non-negotiable issues. Wouldn't it be amazing to see uh, a sort of a conversion of heart? That would be a a, fa- a fantastic thing. And we do pray for them, but we'll be conversating about that. And that letter from Archbishop Jose Gomez was pretty clear, pretty strong, I would say. And we had charity, too, but uh, I'm, I'm anxious to dive into that a little bit today on the program. Of course, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning to you. Good morning. Praise God. Uh, you doing all right this morning? I'm doing all right, as I found my wallet, so thanks for praying for me. St. <laughs> Anthony of Padua, thanks for coming to to uh, intercede on behalf of Adrian yesterday, it's, it's the worst lo- feeling losing your wallet, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Like, you don't know your license is, that your credit cards, your bank. I don't know if I should
4: cancel everything or not. I mean, <laughs> it might be in my, uh, in my back pocket in a different pair of pants.
3: <sighs> Wait till you get older, my age. You, don't even, you can't even find the reading glasses that are sitting on your head. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm glad you got your wallet back. All right, so we're going to dive into the program. Uh, whatever your intentions are, dear listener, uh, you're welcome to, again, you can leave those as comments over at facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. We're also on YouTube, and we're also on Twitter. You can find us uh, by searching in all those platforms, either with Catholic Drive Time or GRN online. We'll work either way, but whatever your intentions are, I'm going to include those intentions here as I pray. I'm praying for my family, I'm praying for our radio apostolates at the Stations of the Cross and Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm praying for all of you. I'm praying for my team here and our equipment and their intentions too. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to Thy protection or implored Thy help or sought Thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto Thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my Mother. To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear, and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the headlines with Emily Alcaraz.
0: Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th President of the United States of America yesterday. Donald Trump boycotted the inauguration, but Mike Pence was present at the event. President Biden signed 17 executive orders on his first day, beginning to undo many of Donald Trump's policies. Among these, Biden signed orders to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord and the World Health Organization to lift travel bans and to include illegal immigrants in the U.S. Census. He also stopped the construction on the border wall, mandated masks on federal property, and rescinded Trump's ban on transgender service in the military. More executive orders are expected to come in the days ahead. Hundreds are reportedly dead after a massacre at an Oriental Orthodox Church in Ethiopia. The attack was carried out by Ethiopian government troops and Amara militia from central Ethiopia. At least 1,000 people were estimated to be hiding in the church at the time of the attack, and 750 of them were killed. The The killers were apparently seeking the lost Ark of the Covenant, which is said to be contained in the Ethiopian church and guarded by a priest. Tens of thousands of Ethiopians have fled the region after an increase of violent conflict in the country. Another priest has gone missing in Africa this week. Father Rodriguez Sanon uh, disappeared on Tuesday while traveling, and his car was later found abandoned. Over the last five years, Burkina Faso has been a hub for religious violence and Islamist militias. In a statement, the bishops in the region said, quote, For the pastors in this part of Burkina Faso, as elsewhere in the regions, it is a great suffering to no longer be able to reach the faithful in some places or to see them fleeing from terrorist attacks without any guarantee of security. $2 million in transfers from the Vatican to Australia cannot be accounted for, investigators said on Wednesday. Reports of suspicious money transfers from the Vatican to Australia date back to October, when Italian media reported that an alleged transfer was part of a dossier being compiled by Vatican investigators and prosecutors against Cardinal Becciu you resigned from his curial position and gave up his rights as a cardinal in September, reportedly in connection with multiple financial scandals dating back to his time as the second ranking official at the Vatican's Secretariat of State. He has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing or any attempt to influence the trial of Cardinal George Pell in 2018. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: St. Alban Bartholomew Rowe, pray for us... Long before the uh, three strikes your out rule in America in the 16th century, uh, St. Albin Bartholomew Ray, uh, Rowe rather, uh, lived this life very carefully. 1583 was when he was born there in Suffolk, England. He was a convert to Catholicism. He did go to Douay, France and study there at the English College, but he was dismissed for an infraction of discipline. But he became a Benedictine priest in 1612. He did make his way back to his homeland in England to become um, a missionary to help convert souls back to the faith who had apostatized after the uh, Henry VIII situation there. He was arrested and exiled from England in 1615. That's the first strike. Uh, He was just uh, surprisingly, he was sent out of the country. But he would not give up. He returned to England in 1618, arrested again. This time he would sit in prison uh, until 1623 when the Spanish ambassador obtained his release on condition that Alban leave England and never come back. Well, that was strike 2, but he didn't listen. Soon afterwards uh, St Alban Bartholomew Rowe would return to his homeland one last time and to continue the work in the the charitable work of trying to convert souls back to the faith. This time he was arrested in 1625. He would lay in prison for 17 years before they would finally try him and condemn him for the crime of being a Catholic priest. Uh, he was one of the 40 martyrs of the English in Wales there, dying on the uh, with Blessed Thomas Reynolds on 25th, October 1970. He would be canonized by Pope Paul VI because he was hanged, drawn, and quartered in January of 1642 in Tyburn because he was a Catholic priest seeking the conversion of souls. St. Alban Bartholomew Rowe, pray for us. The gospel comes to us today from uh, Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea, hearing what he was doing. A large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea, from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him. And whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, in all things. Um, A couple of points here before we turn it over to Emily and Adrian. Um, Even the devils recognize him. Even the devils. I think Venerable Bede brought this point out that even the devils recognize Jesus as the Son of God. Do you uh, recognize Jesus as the Son of God? Do I? I mean, do we continually remind ourselves on who, in fact, our Lord is? And and the gravity of what that statement should mean in our lives and the conviction of our lives. And, I mean, I think of even the saint today, St. Albin Bartholomew Rowe. I mean, three times he could have easily, uh, you know, the first time he got sent out of the country, he could have stayed. He could have lived the rest of his life in France or in Italy or some place that was safe for Catholics, there no, very little or no persecution, and lived out the remainder of his days without an issue. But I think because he realized that Jesus is the Son of God, and he calls us to conversion and to have charity upon your neighbor is to do more than just to feed to clothe to care for it also means to to try to bring them into the beatific vision or to assist in the process and so he went back 3 times and you know even the devils recognize god here but do we i think that's a profound thing to meditate upon today for all of us for myself mostly Uh, Also, I like the fact that there's a stark contrast between the popularity of Jesus, the people pressing. They just want to touch him. Their faith is so enamored in Jesus because of his ability to heal, to cast out demons, to cure them of what uh, is really uh, challenging them in life and causing them distress that they would just press upon him. And uh, compare and contrast that to the Pharisees and the Herodians that plotted and colluded together to want to kill him in yesterday's gospel. Uh, it's a profound thing to see these contrasts and the realization of who our Lord is and what that should mean for our life. Emily, Adrian?
0: Yeah, I'm laughing at this Bible commentary here because Haydock says even the devils could proclaim what the heretics cannot, which is that Jesus is the son of God. Yeah. Um, so he's saying even the demons are kind of doing better than the heretics here, guys. Um,
3: <laughs> That's sad. That's such a sad isn't statement. It,
0: isn't it so many people who d- deny that uh, Jesus is the son of God, but I, the fact that Jesus keeps telling people not to make him known, mm. not to spread the word about these miracles, he's testing their faith here. So if, if, God were just like a vending machine that granted all your wishes, um, that healed you from the sick all the time. How many people would go to Jesus just for that temporary relief and not for the reason of um, being grateful for his salvation of their souls, his coming to to release us from the slavery of sin and death, um, which is why Jesus doesn't want people to make his divinity or the miracles known, because he wants people to actually love him and actually understand the full extent of salvation history and what he's doing for them. Um, So it's important to not treat God like a genie who grants your wishes, but as someone who has saved you and died for you and who loves you.
4: Amen. Yeah, so I think the—I uh, wanted to read uh, verse 11 again, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. I think the important part is, uh, for me is they fell down before him. Uh, see, that's—Thomas Aquinas points out that at the end, every knee shall bow before the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whether or not you are kneeling out of your own willingness and humility and love for our Lord, uh, that's the reason why you should kneel. But if, uh, if the only reason why you kneel is because he is the almighty God and you have no choice because of the great power and magnificence of him, then that too will be, uh, that be the case. You will kneel. But mm. one way or the other, every knee shall bow. And uh, looking at, like for instance, at the second coming, all the souls in hell, all the demons in hell will bow down and kneel before our Lord because of his mighty power. So the question becomes, do we want to kneel before our Lord in fear and trembling or do we want to kneel before our Lord because we love Him and because He loves us? Um, that that's the uh, the question at the end of the day. How will we approach Him? Fulton Sheen used to say, "At the end of our lives, you have two options: you will either see the wonderful face of our Lord or the horrendous face of the devil." And one will and they will say to you.
3: Uh, Uh, Mine, mine. May we be Christ's. Amen. You know, I I keep going back to this point. I think we're going to jump into this on the other side of the break in the what's concerning us, especially when we dive into the letter from uh, the president of the USCCB, Archbishop Jose Gomez, uh, to President Joe Biden, uh, a conflict, by the way. Um, And there's a story out of the the pillar that the Vatican tried to delay their publication of this. Uh, I think this Bible passage today has something to do with it. If Jesus is God, then we must act, we must speak, we must do.
1: The Gospels make clear Jesus claimed to be God. But should we believe him? I think we should. And here's the reason why. The alternatives don't make sense. It's unreasonable to think Jesus was lying because he died for his claim to be God. Mark's Gospel makes it clear that the Sanhedrin sentenced Jesus to death for blasphemy and Jesus accepted it. People don't die for what they know to be a lie. Okay, you say, well, maybe he wasn't a liar, but perhaps he was delusional, a lunatic. I don't think this explanation works either. All the historical evidence suggests Jesus was a pretty wise guy. Even those who deny Jesus' divinity accept this. But if that's the case, well, then don't you think he's wise enough to know who he is? So, if Jesus is neither a liar nor a lunatic, then he must be who he says he is, namely Lord. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com.
5: Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the Magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Teresa Kamara, our in-house resident, uh, pro-life, commentator, contributor, is going to be our guest Later in the program, coming up, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from now, we're going to be talking about uh, the latest pro-life news for the week, but also uh, looking at the President Joe Biden, a Catholic in his presidency, and his uh, agenda for the pro-life issues. We'll be discussing that coming up with her. But right now it's the What's Concerning Us section, and uh, there were several stories that I I wanted to jump into. For instance, the horrific bombing, the the slaughter of of. The It was like there was an explosion in Madrid that was a big story, but it was the slaughter of these these folks at this Oriental Orthodox Church in Ethiopia that was really concerning as well. Of course, Emily commented on that or reported on that in the headline news. But I want to jump into the letter from Archbishop Jose Gomez, uh, president of the USCCB. And you can find this linked up at USCCB.org. It's right on their homepage. Of course, we will link to it over at facebook.com forward slash Catholic drive time on our live video feed there I encourage you to check that out um, and it's 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 clear it's um, it's clear language that I think uh, many Catholics who felt uh, you know uh, some sort of a, a dread and foreboding coming into this uh, election and this new president um, this is clear language we wish we would have heard before I think is what I want to say but let me just c- you know, quote a little bit to you. It says, uh, quote, working with President Biden will be unique. However, as he is our first president in 60 years to profess the Catholic faith, in a time of growing and aggressive secularism in American culture, when religious believers face many challenges, it will be refreshing to engage with the president who clearly understands in a deep and personal way the importance of religious faith and institutions. Mr. Biden's piety and personal story, his moving witness to how his faith has brought him solace in times of darkness and tragedy, his longstanding commitment to the gospel's priority uh, for the poor, all of this I find hopeful and inspiring. Archbishop Gomez goes on to say, at the same time as pastors... The nation's bishops are given the duty of proclaiming the gospel in all its truth and power, in season and, in, and out of season, even when that teaching is inconvenient or when the gospel's truths run contrary to the directions of the wider society and culture. So I must, this is Archbishop Gomez here, so I must point out that our new president has pledged to pursue certain policies that would advance moral evils and threaten human life and dignity most seriously in the areas of abortion, contraception, marriage, and gender. Of deep concern is the liberty of the church and the freedom of believers to live according to their consciences." I mean, you should read this whole letter. Uh, I found this very, very fascinating. Now, there was a breaking story... Yesterday, out of uh, PillarCatholic.com, that said the Vatican intervened to, this is the headline here, the Vatican intervened to spike U.S. Bishop's Biden statement release. So, there was a story that said the Vatican tried to prevent, or at least delay, this this letter from Archbishop Jose Gomez from being published. And uh, there was a lot of talk about that all all over the internet uh, yesterday. Now, there could be a reason why that's the case, and I think Adrian found a thread from uh, uh, Father Michael Earthman on Twitter that kind of gives us some context as to why the Vatican might have asked uh, uh, Archbishop Gomez to delay, or at least, uh, at least delay, at the very least, not publish the letter.
4: Yeah, I thought—so I was reading uh, Father Earthman, uh, his uh, tweet on this topic, and it, it seemed very interesting because he made the comparison between uh, America right now to uh, England— And whenever England had – we had Catholic kings and those kings, uh, whenever they started to go off the rails, as we see with King Henry VIII, whenever they started chopping heads off and then – which ultimately led to uh, the the, the suppression of the Catholic faith in England – was the, the English king started being able to choose their bishops. Uh, they made it so that way the other people could not really question the king. They had to deal directly with the Vatican. Um, and it seems like this is the, uh, the kind of tactic which is being taken today with Joe Biden. And the problem is we saw how that worked out for England. When we saw how it worked out for England, mm. things went off the rails, and now England is to this day is still not a Catholic country any longer. Uh, And it seems like that's the direction we're headed. Of course, we were never a Catholic country. Um, The problem becomes we have a Catholic president who it seems that this is going to be the direction we're taking. And it feels like we're heading uh, the area of like Julian the Apostate. So, Uh,
3: Going back to Archbishop Gomez's letter, it's not, though, that there's, there's things in this letter that I'm sure people on the left will love. And there's things on this letter that people on the right will love. But I will say this. Uh, You rarely get this kind of clarity at this level in the hierarchy to the to the president of the United States. Um, And I think there I'm encouraged by this letter in, in many ways. But here's the catch. I wish I would have seen this letter a year ago. Uh, Six months ago, during the, the political run-up, you know, dear Mr. Biden, as you run for the presidency, please keep in mind that these are important issues. And I, I, the problem is, as you just said, this comes down to politics and trying to avoid politics. But it's like there's a reason why Archbishop Gomez, I think, feels the need, and I'm speaking, I, this is pure speculation on my part, I do not speak on his behalf, I don't represent him nor the hierarchy of the Church, purely my opinion here. But I think there's a reason why he feels the need to be this clear at this stage, because Jesus is the Son of God, and we're we're all going to give an account for our life. And he has an opportunity here in grace and in charity, which I think this letter is charitably written, uh, to speak the truth out of love. Emily, what say you?
0: Yeah, I personally love the letter. So glad they did it. It is a a little bit too little too late at this point. Um, but I really do appreciate Bishop Archbishop Gomez putting that out there. But although CNA, uh, Catholic news agency, actually reported that not everyone was happy with this letter. So Cardinal Supich actually released his own statement saying that um, he was not happy with the letter and that he thought uh, that apparently it was passed without everybody's agreement on it. And without he, a committee. Exactly, without a <laughs> committee. Um, but yeah, no, I do appreciate it. And I'm glad that they did that.
3: You know, and then, of course, His Holiness Pope Francis did also issue a a statement, a letter, if you will, uh, congratulating uh, President Joe Biden on, you know, taking the office and looking forward to working with him. And, you know, and I don't have an issue with that, necessarily speaking. You know, heads of state congratulating each other, that's fine. It seems like good behavior among heads of state. But I like the fact that Archbishop Gomez took the opportunity to not only do that, but also to remind him as a Catholic that uh, you know truth matters to us. Truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ. It's not just something we can dismiss when we want to because it's politically expedient to do so. But we have to. Uh, we have to. Um, we have to pursue truth with vigor. And um, and there's a reason why the church teaches on the non-negotiable issues, you know, uh, contraception, abortion, euthanasia, same-sex uh, "quote unquote" marriage. Uh, these issues are are big issues. They have lasting, deep uh, effects on society itself. They aren't just personal, my personal faith and your personal faith. It's well beyond that. And I think Archbishop Gomez, um, I'm 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 very happy that he wrote this letter. There are things in the letter that I probably would struggle with, you know, but whatever. Uh, I still believe that, uh, that this was a good letter. Again, I just keep coming back to where was this letter six months ago? Where was this letter two months ago? Where was this letter uh, a month ago when the election was called and he was about to become the next president and a, and a Catholic at that?
4: Well, one thing that I thought was interesting to uh, to bring up was, like Emily was bringing up about, uh, about Cardinal Supich. The whole idea of uh, of the committee, like everything needs to go through a committee, that's what concerns me. It's the whole idea of the USCCB. Oh, Archbishop Gomez, the head of the USCCB, he shouldn't be saying things without putting it first through a committee. Uh, this whole idea is this whole. It, there's no um, there's no freedom to do anything now. It everything has to go through an entire organization. Uh, we are we have uh, our Lord trapped in committee meetings. The gospel is ha- cast to pass through legislation and ideas and uh, board meetings before it can ever get out to the people. And it, it it's it's terrifying to see. And also Supich has now just uh, agreed with a lot of other people in saying the USCCB has no authority to do and to really say anything. They're just a uh, – a, I guess you could say what – um, what do they call those things that are like emperors, but they're not actually have any power? Like a puppet. King? Yeah. Well, well not, like not, not
3: necessarily what well, I'm thinking. I, th- I think there'd be a lot of people who would argue with that as to whether or not uh, what kind of authority the USCCB does or does not have. Either way, uh, the bottom line though is uh, I think there's so many Catholics, uh, I find myself in the same category, who really want clarity. We just want clarity. We want our bishops to speak out clear uh, in accordance with the Church's teaching. Um, do so with charity and love, but to do so nonetheless, to speak nonetheless. And I, I feel like there's such a large portion of Catholics who have just felt these last uh, several years in particular that we just have been left to um, figure it out on our own. You know, the weaponized ambiguity is the famous statement amongst trads. You know, weaponized <laughs> ambiguity to sort of figure stuff out. I've always felt that part of the scandal in the church, we've had many scandals financial scandals, sexual scandals, abuse scandals, uh, uh, power grabbing and authority scandals. We have lots of scandals in the church, heresies, all kinds. Part of the scandal in the church is that the average, as I like to say, the the soccer mom has to now understand the Council of Trent – has to have read the Summa Theologica, has to have the dogmas of the Church memorized in order to try to sort fact from fiction, you know, either uh, at the homily on Sunday or just in conversations with friends and family. That, to me, is part of the scandal. We should just be living pious lives and growing in holiness, not having to become theologians and philosophers. I mean, these aren't bad things, but at the same time, it's like... Golly gee whiz, if only we had clarity to help lead the way. And I feel like mm-hmm. this the statement from Archbishop Gomez uh, was a nod towards clarity.
0: It's uh, a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Go yeah, ahead.
4: we're about to uh, go to break in about a minute and a half. But uh, Patty on Facebook has commented, uh, our friend Patty said, uh, do you think that he may have previously been censored? Uh, Archbishop Gomez. Yeah, I think Gomez. that goes with mm-hmm. what you
0: were saying. Like it might have gotten caught in the weeds. Maybe not yeah. necessarily censored, but all this, you know, committees and synodality and let's talk about it before we do it then it might have gotten stuck somewhere along the way. So I think in that sense, yes.
3: Well, all right. Praise be to Jesus. Again, we're posting links to these stories that we're discussing today over at facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time. You can find the links there. Uh, But if you can hang out with us on any of the social platforms, we'd love to see you. Just make sure you subscribe and all that stuff. It really helps us out. But we're going to be going to break, coming back with more breaking news and stories with Emily. Plus, uh, Teresa Camaro will be on the program. We're going to be talking about some of the news from a pro-life perspective. Of course, Joe Scheidler passed away, big, huge figure in the pro-life movement in America. Uh, The pro-life march in D.C. being canceled. I mean, they, uh, they were they were, in fact, one of the uh, executive orders that uh, President Biden signed was to stop the border wall uh, construction. But you know how many walls were constructed in D.C. this week with Constantina wire? There was no violence whatsoever in the town. I mean, only two thousand people, uh, you know, were there at the inauguration. I mean, so well, there's lots of crazy going on, and yet the pro-life march is not able to continue. Seems crazy to us. We'll have that conversation with Teresa Kamara coming up on the other side of this break. Plus, a lot more coming in Catholic Drive Time. We're so glad you're a part of it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right
6: back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org
5: We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at
7: CatholicsComeHome.com.
0: drive time show. We've just been covering the headlines and what's concerning us. And now we're going to have Teresa Kamara on to talk about this week's pro-life news. What's going on? What is going to change with the incoming Biden presidency? Teresa, are you here?
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Uh, Teresa Kamara is on with us. She is uh, our in-house Pro-Life resident, uh, consultant, and contributor. Teresa, good morning to you. Thank you for being a part of our program.
5: Well, it's great to be here.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Teresa, uh, lots to to talk about in the headline news today. Uh, It's a concerning situation when you have to see the Pro-Life March canceled after, I guess it's been... Decades? When was the last time there wasn't a Pro-Life March in D.C.? Do you have any idea?
5: So, actually, the Pro-Life March in D.C., um, the March for Life, is going virtual. So, it's not canceled, canceled, but people cannot be there in person unless you're specifically invited. I know uh, Jeannie Mancini with um, March for Life um, actually had a great interview on there that you can look up on their Facebook page along with um, Christine Hawkins with... Students for Life of America, and they're getting out the word of how you can be involved online as they invite people that are pro-life leaders from all over the nation to actually be present as much as possible and to get the word out. So there's a lot of uh, groups that are going virtual. So, um, However, this will be the very first virtual one. They did start physically marching in person the very first year after Roe v. Wade was passed. So wow. the horrific decision of Roe v. Wade Um was handed down by the Supreme Court, sweeping out the abortion laws throughout the nation. There were all these protections that were in various states. There was actually abortion was first legalized, believe it or not, Joe, um, in Hawaii and in New York back in ninety, in, in, sorry, in sixty nine, mm. and so. Um, this whole, but this ruling from Roe v. Wade actually imposed abortion on the on the nation. And so that is one of the reasons it's terrific. So um fortunately, the mar- the very first March, uh, led by Nellie Gray, was out there. And that first year, and um, I have to say, um, with uh, great love and, and admiration for, for someone that is very dear to me, she actually had an abortion um, on, that, on that day, and she turned on her TV and she saw the first March for Life. Wow. And she is now, thank God, pro-life. Um, and her son is amazing. He's a priest that, that then her next son that was born and he is super involved in the pro-life movement, comes out to pray with us every week. She's on, uh, she's super actively pro-life with silent, no more. And so she shares her story. So I, I'm going to leave her name (laughs) vague, but just because I didn't talk to her beforehand, but she does come out publicly to talk about this. So um, we do see the conversions happening. And we see that conversion happening in many ways through the power of prayer. So while on the 29th, um, there is that um, going virtual. There isn't a push from live action with Lila Rose and Sean Carney with Forty Days for Life International to have people go out to your abortion facilities. If you really want to be present, go out to your abortion facilities and pray peacefully. Pray and just focus in on prayer for an end to abortion because we know prayer is what is converting hearts, and we're seeing that in the in you know over eighteen thousand babies that have been saved. Internationally, Um, in Houston alone, um, we've seen over 9,000. So, we encourage you to to look at um, Live Actions' webpage and and get connected with those groups that that are registering. They do have a list out of locations where people will be praying. Now, the last I looked at that particular location, they did not have Houston. We are actually praying on the 23rd. So if you are wanting to come out this Saturday, we're part of the Texas Rally for Life, which is also virtual, and we will be out there on the 23rd. However, you don't have to wait till then. So today, today is the very first day of the nine days for life, um, which is um, the information being put out by the USCCB with a prayer, reflection, information about, you know, just reminding people of how to be involved. Because as like you were talking about, Joe, in the last segment, um, we need to be looking at what the US. CCB is actually saying about the pro-life movement. And it's great. I'm so thrilled um, with Bishop Gomez's which are are Archbishop Gomez's letter t- about President Biden, mm. um, I think that that is going to help tremendously, and I think all the catechists everywhere need to be tied into what is the pro-life moving- movement saying, because while, while we are, and what um, specifically what the Church is teaching about the dignity of the human person, because there is so much to our faith that sometimes it's like, oh, you'll hear catechists say, well, why do we have to focus in on the pro-life movement? Like, why is that important? This is their season to do that, because we need to focus on the dignity of the human person that is central to our Catholic faith. Yeah. And so it, so this is a great opportunity. So, so I hope all the catechists will get on that USCCB's website, be t- sending out the Nine Days for Life, connect with your archdiocese or with your diocese, and look for your Respect Life program, because you can connect. So,
3: yeah. We're talking with Teresa... I, I this, a question. We're talking with Teresa <laughs> Kamara from HoustonCoalition.com about the pro-life news for the week. And, you know, uh, there's a couple of things here I wanted to jump into uh, in, yeah. Into with you, Teresa Kamar, if I can get it out of my mouth first, but I was surprised. Uh, There was a stack of executive orders that President Biden signed yesterday, like 17. And I went through this list. I was having a, uh, initially I was having a hard time finding the list. We finally were able to track them down under whitehouse.gov forward slash briefing room. You can find the list there. And I was surprised. I mean, there's some stuff here that I was really, didn't, I was really appalled by. Uh, For instance, uh, requiring There's an executive order here requiring that non-citizens be included in the census so that uh, when they figure out how much representation each state needs in in Congress, non-citizens are also included in the count, which inflates the number, by the way. Uh, So that is an executive order he signed yesterday. But one he didn't sign, I was surprised that it wasn't one of the first executive orders he signed, was the reversing of the Mexico City Policy. Now I'm told that that's mm-hmm. still coming, but I was surprised to not see it on the first day. Did that catch you off guard?
5: Um, I was actually very surprised that I didn't see anything that was a more direct attack on the you know on the rights of the unborn, on the health of women, um, and uh, I, I was very surprised to see um, nothing that had Planned Parenthood somewhere stamped on there because it feels like Planned Parenthood was somehow stamped all over their their running and, you know, the, the history, the long history um, of growing focus for Biden. I mean, he was not always, he was not always super pro-abortion. So like back in 77, he actually voted against federal funding for the cases of, of, of Medicaid paying for abortion, um, except for ca- cases of rape and incest. So he was he was against the expanding of that, and um, he now has been very much promoting. Like he kind of rode on the coattails of President Barack Obama, who was very much promoting abortion, and then he chose a a vice president who has been has directly gone after crisis pregnancy centers with her fact back, back back in uh, two thousand fifteen um, in California that that directly went after pro-life crisis pregnancy centers and uh, could have shut them down. And he and she also went after David Delighton, uh, who had exposed Planned Parenthood and the illegal activities that were very clearly stated in their own words. And then so she started the ball rolling in that. And so the fact that he has he has tremendously headed toward a pro-abortion type stance while claiming to be practicing Catholic um, just really, it really surprised me, and it was kind of a relief um, in those first 17 executive orders. I, I don't know how long it's going to last, though, mm. especially with having the influence of his vice president and the cabinet members that he has been choosing and those he has chosen to surround himself with. One thing, though, that he has definitely um, promoted immediately um, to the detriment of his professing the Catholic faith um, is the fact that he's been promoting LGBTQ uh, oh, yeah. issues, and and even like who he has appointed, and so it's very important for people to keep in mind like the the importance of the pro life movement is very easy to explain in the sense of. There is a child whose life is at stake. There's an innocent person whose life is at stake, and there is a mother whose life is at risk. Um, As I talked about just you know two weeks ago, I picked up another nine one one call, you know, locally, where a woman had to be was going to uh, need special life support because she had a complication. She was hemorrhaging after an abortion, Um, and this is not uncommon. And um, Missouri City, the the Missouri, uh, sorry, and so and Missouri. Their their abortion facility closed down because of the women who were being harmed by the abortion, by the you know uh, problems that happened during their abortion. So um, it's it's critical for people to keep in mind this is a woman's issue, this is a child, this is the, an issue around the child. But there's also a pre a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? It is the subsequent results mm. of miss. Um, mismanagement if you will of self-control and a lack of chastity a lack of understanding healthy relationships and so we really are going to need to hone in on the importance of healthy family life healthy marriages and yes we need to make sure as we're doing that we have to be very careful that for those who who are separated from their spouse or who do have children out of wedlock you know for various reasons like they're still important
3: all right hold that thought there Teresa Kumar is our guest. Houston talking about the pro-life news. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to catch the breaking news and stories with Emily, and we'll jump back into our conversation with uh, Teresa Kamar before we have to uh, say goodbye for the first hour. Don't go anywhere. Calic Drive Time. Be right back.
5: This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Herman. There's something unique about the love of the parent and child. Nothing can replace it. Your children will have many friends, companions, and peers in their lives, but they will only have one mother or father. This relationship is so special that we need to make sure we never take it for granted or allow anyone to take our place.
1: Sometimes we get caught up in wanting the perfect youth minister, teacher, or coach for our children, especially as they get older. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, and we thank God for those adults who have come into our children's lives. But no one will affect your child, powerfully as you can.
5: Parents, remember that the authority you have as a parent isn't because you're perfect or holy or even that you have all the answers. Because
1: let's be honest, sometimes we're just making this up as we go along.
5: Instead, your authority comes from the fact that God has entrusted this child to you. Step into your role with confidence, knowing that God will give you the grace you need to be the best parent you can
1: be. For more encouragement and parenting
4: tips, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it, so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it.
5: Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's
0: magiscenter.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is January 21st, and these are your Thursday morning headlines. Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters joined forces in Seattle to block traffic in the downtown area. A video posted to Twitter shows the protesters setting a large fire in close proximity to several commuter buses. Antifa rioters attacked the headquarters of the Democratic Party in Portland, Oregon, and left anti-Joe Biden messages on the day of his inauguration in Washington, D.C. The rioting appeared to be planned well in advance as demonstrated by flyers advertising the event days earlier. Police said eight people were arrested and the charges ranged from criminal mischief to possession of a destructive device to riot and reckless burning. A second federal court struck down the transgender mandate on Tuesday, the mandate that doctors perform gender transition surgeries upon the referral of a mental health professional. Despite objections that the doctor may have To the procedure. This dates back to the Obama administration. A coalition of Catholic organizations representing hospitals, doctors, and clinics joined in part by the state of North Dakota had challenged the mandate in court. The Catholic groups alleged that the mandate required them to perform and provide insurance coverage for gender transition surgeries and abortions against their conscientious objections. The court is the second federal court to rule against the mandate two years after a judge in Texas struck down the mandate, after doctors had sued, alleging violations of conscience. And three people are confirmed dead after an explosion destroyed a Catholic parish building in Madrid. Eight other people were also injured, including two priests. The Archdiocese of Madrid said that the explosion may have been caused by a gas leak in the building owned by the parish of the Virgen de la Paloma and San Pedro el Real. The explosion damaged nearby buildings, shattering glass and showering the street with debris. Pope Francis prayed for the victims and invoked the intercession of Our Lady of the Almudena, the patroness of Madrid, and gave his apostolic blessing as a sign of Christian hope in the risen Lord. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for reading the news. Uh, Teresa Kamara is our guest uh, for the next, I guess, just under 10 minutes is uh, the time we have left. Uh, she's with HoustonCoalition.com. We're talking about the pro-life news across the nation and, uh, and its impact on, on society around us and our time and our day. And one of the big news stories that came out this week was the, uh, the passing of Joe Scheidler. Uh, Teresa yeah. Kamara, maybe you can tell us why that's a significant loss for the pro-life movement.
5: So Joe Scheiler was one of the amazing uh, trailblazing heroes that um, people around the nation and even around the world potentially, you know, because he visited countries outside the U.S. as well and, and worked with them. Um, he was a trailblazer for the pro-life movement. Um, so while there are definitely things that have been developed over time, as we have learned from mistakes, as we as we found what worked, what didn't work, Joe was amazing in the sense that he was able to to really move forward with courage and and expand um, our understanding. He was an author. He um, was able to start the pro, founder of the Pro Life Action League. And he did just pass away on the uh, on January eighteenth, which was Martin Luther King Day. So, um, and he actually marched with Martin Luther King um, back, I believe it was sixty-five. And so, yeah, so he actually had been involved immediately after Roe v. Wade began, um, part time as he as he worked with his. Job. He continued his work uh, in in uh, public affairs, and his boss encouraged him. He was like he was very supportive of hit that, and he also then said, "You know, you should do this full time." And so he began um, Pro Life Action League in the '80s, uh, and actually in 1980. So um, he also um, was very influential in in the work that I've done, um, mm-hmm. in the sense that uh, he would have these Meet the Abortionist conferences. And I have to say, that really formed my understanding of being able to see the workers as, you know, as people who maybe wanted to do the right thing and were misled. So a, a lot of people are seeing that with Unplanned, the movie. Um, Joe Shiler was already doing that with Meet the Abortionist. So um, wow. I would refer people to... Um, Um, prolifeaction.org forward slash converted, where he has eight people that are lined up, uh, including Abby Johnson, that we know uh, from abortionworker.com and from her her various pro-life work in other areas as well. Um, And then um, it includes Sue Thayer, who we now know through Four Days for Life International, um, pretty well around the world. I mean, and then we also now have... Um but I one of my favorites actually as far as their testimony was John Burchowski and he specifically said I'm gonna quote, intercessory prayer and intercessory suffering and sacrifices are key to conversion. Wow. And he explains how he himself um, even though he had never met the Shilers, he knows that through that prayer and that intercessory prayer that that helped bring about his conversion and that he was standing on the shoulders of giants as he spoke about it and shared his, his testimony of how he, as an ob wanted to be the best ob he could be. And so he thought that would mean you do everything that's possible, that's available to you. You can offer the full range of services. And when he recognized the life of the child in the womb, he was horrified with what he had done and he ended up opening up a uh, like a crisis pregnancy type OB-GYN practice uh, called TEPIAC. And so now he's offering medical services as a pro-life OB-GYN wow. to women who are in high needs. And so like we have in, in these high need situations. And so, you know, it's it's important to keep in mind that while things can look like absolutely. Things can look absolutely crazy right now as far as the riots and the, and the shutting down and having to be virtual and we can feel isolated. And even as we're standing out on the sidewalk and we're six feet apart and we're masked up and we're like, I can't see the person next to me who's six feet from me. But we're all still unified together in prayer. And even if for some reason you have a health reason that keeps you from coming out you're unified in this family of faith in this family of the church that we're able to connect through, through the radio, through the webinars. I recommend Texas rally for If you want to join Houston and, and all of us in Texas, but like there's, you can join, like I said, the archdiocese of Galveston Houston has, has very specific um, structured events that are going to last all through uh, the 23rd. And so, you know, get, check out where where your diocese is and and don't feel like you have to be isolated because this is a movement That is of love and of prayer and of giving practical aid through resources like optionline.org for women that are in crisis, Mm. um, uh, um, healingafterabortion.com if they're post-abortive and they're looking for healing, because we don't want them to go through another abortion. Um, We don't want to forget them or make them feel like they can't come back into the faith because God wants our conversion where we're at. You know, abortionworker.com for the workers to come out, and so there are these resources. Um, So I hope I hope these pro-life leaders will will continue to make their voices heard.
3: (laughs) I'm just seeing a a news article here uh, from Uh, LifeSiteNews.com says uh, this was uh, Michael Haynes is the person who wrote this article. We'll link to it. Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. You can check it out there. But it says the Biden Presidential Inaugural Committee has listed Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood and uh, other uh, LGBTQ organizations as the beneficiaries of any donations made for the flags, which took place, uh, uh, which took the place of spectators on the National Mall. So, because there was no, uh, there were no crowds there, there was only a select few that had been personally invited, other than the twenty-five thousand National Guard troops who had nothing to oppose. Apparently, uh, the flags there that we all saw in the video yesterday. Um, those donations that came in for those flags all went to Planned Parenthood and some of these LGBTQ organizations. You know, and again, it goes back to that letter from Archbishop Jose Gomez as to why, uh, you know, as a Catholic... These are important, and, he, and Joe Biden knows this, Nancy Pelosi and the rest. They know this, mm-hmm. and yet they choose of their own free will to ignore the fundamental teachings. And it's not because it's a Republican or conservative issue. It's because it's a right issue. It's right or wrong. It has nothing to do with right or left. And I just want to want to reemphasize this portion of Archbishop Jose Gomez's letter, which we did link to. It says, uh, so I must point out that our new president has pledged, to pursue certain policies that would advance moral evils and threaten human life and dignity most seriously in the areas of abortion, contraception, marriage, and gender. Of deep concern is the liberty of the church and the freedom of believers to live according to their consciences. It's an excellent statement from Archbishop Jose Gomez, and I really and, pr- and truthfully pray for President Joe Biden and for his reversion uh, of heart and mind and thought in regards to these these very fundamental and, and important issues um that I I know that he's made big huge promises to people like planned parenthood over the next 4 years and um I think we're going to be seeing that I certainly hope we don't though. Uh, Teresa Kamara we got well, about a couple minutes.
5: Yeah, so it, one of the things if people are thinking that Biden is kind of a laid back In any shape or form. I mean, it's important to keep in mind it didn't stop with a 2003 vote for his vote for partial birth abortion. Um, So it's it's important to keep in mind like that child is going to is is being killed part out partly out of the womb. So um, and. It's, it's a horrific practice that, you know, you if you see models, a lot of people are like, I don't even want to see that image because it makes my stomach turn. Well, good. It should make your stomach turn uh, because that means you have a conscience that's well-formed and that you your instincts, even if you're not, you know, forming your conscience per se, which you should be as Catholics. But, I mean, even if your conscience isn't formed, on a natural level, that should wrench our gut. That should make us not feel well. But we don't want to have – but we don't carry those graphic uh, pictures out to the abortion facility, because that's not where the appropriate place is for them Amen. to be used. Amen. So, but fortunately, but we, what we can use that is appropriate and is within our church, um, talk, we can look at, um, we're going to be looking a lot to Archbishop Vigeron, um, Vice President of the USCCB, as he works with um, a committee of chairmen to specifically address, this committee it was formed in, in November of 2020 specifically to address concerns and confusions All that can right. come up because president-elect joe biden at the time um was we are uh, we're out of time
3: i'm so sorry to have yes. to cut you off but that's my job well, as the we'll host to praying. do the dirty work <laughs> yeah. and uh, god bless you <laughs> teresa kamar houston thanks for giving us the uh, pro-life news update for the week we're very grateful we'll look forward to having you back soon
5: I look forward to talking with you again, too. All right.
3: Praise be to God. That's going to do it for Hour 1 of Catholic Drive Time. Uh, keeping you informed and inspired. We hope that you're able to join us in the second hour. You can do so uh, on our live video streams, facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitter as well. You can search for us there, Catholic Drive Time. We'd love to have you a part of our program. We'll have more breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, our favorite fan favorite trivia game show, plus so much more. Join us then. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning
5: What a friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we keep him on the cross?
7: Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says, But we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. First Corinthians two verse two, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloody body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we too preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it?
2: A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
4: the universe is filled with order from top to bottom and it's a beautiful order and not only is it beautiful it's an order that we can actually comprehend and it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it
5: please visit father spitzer's website magiscenter.com to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and god's creation that's magiscenter.com
3: Praise be to God in all things. How was your day today? What is on your plate today? If you're hanging out with us on our live video streams, Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time or, or on uh, YouTube or Twitter, look for us there, Catholic Drive Time or GRN online. We would love to see you there. Uh, comment, where are you from? What, what are you doing today? What's, what's on your agenda? I would love to know where our Catholic Drive Time listeners are around the network. By the way, don't before I forget, because I always forget this part at the beginning of this hour, uh, grnonline.com. We're trying to give somebody a Mercedes. Could be you. It's super simple. It's super easy. Uh, We all proceeds go to benefit the radio postulate and the mission here. And you could be driving away in a brand new Mercedes come March, the first week in March. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be pretty awesome. Not a bad way to deal with a 2021, right? So head on over to grnonline.com. And check out, the. you can scroll down to the What's Happening Around Us section, and you'll see the little image of the Mercedes. You'll click on that. You'll get all the rules, all the details, and you can purchase your tickets right there. Or you can contact your local GM. I'm sure they would love to hear from you as well. But you can do everything right over the website, grnonline.com. Good morning, Emily Alcarez.
0: Good morning, Joe. How are you doing?
3: Praise God, I'm alive. Yeah. And that counts.
0: Yes, it that does. Totally I'm glad counts. you're alive.
3: <laughs> well, there's at least one. There's at least one. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Adrian Fonseca on the ones and twos this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm alive just as well,
4: just like y'all two. I'm, I'm still alive. Still alive. You no, know, you hear the, the joke, guys, like... After
3: a go to confession, oh and you 're in your charity, please kill me
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best time to do it <laughs> there
3: was a uh, There was a famous priest whose name i will not I will uh, redact for the sake of this this conversation yesterday, after hearing of the Vatican trying to uh, or at least delay Archbishop G- Gomez's letter uh, you know said, C- "Can I please just be a priest on the moon someplace <laughs> you know, I want to I get away from all of this." Uh, at any rate, we're going to have a great show this hour. Don't forget, 7.30 Holy Mass uh, the, will be broadcast across the Guadalupe Radio Network, and the Catholic Drive Time team and I will go off of the radio, staying on our social media live video streams to hang out with you for the next uh, for 20 minutes thereafter for uh, what we're still calling the the... The After Show, until we come up with something better in the meantime, where we conversate about the topics of our show. And we just wrapped up a great conversation with Teresa Camara on the pro-life uh, situations across our nation, the news, uh, the, the implications of the next four years, the implications of a Catholic president uh, that had to, uh, has to be reminded of Catholic teaching by Archbishop Jose Gomez. So you can find that video posted later today Uh, On our Rumble account, if you go to rumble.com and look for Catholic Drive Time, please uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and share while you're there. It would be really helpful to us. But in this hour, we'll do breaking news and stories, Catholic Saint of the Day. Uh, We'll do the gospel, plus our Fear and Trembling Game show. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you'll be a contestant in that. So stand by for the phone number, and we'd love to have you on. Prizes are involved, and you don't even need to know the answers to the questions. It's super simple. Let's begin with prayer. I'm including your intentions, of course, my intentions for my family, for our team, for our radio apostolate as well. So whatever's on your heart, I'm asking Our Lady to whisper them into the ear of her Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O Most Gracious Virgin Mary.
0: Joe Biden has been sworn in as the 46th president of the United States of America. Donald Trump boycotted the inauguration, but Mike Pence was present at the event. President Biden signed 17 executive orders on his first day, beginning to undo many of Donald Trump's policies. Among these, Biden signed orders to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord and the World Health Organization, to lift travel bans and to include illegal immigrants in the U.S. Census. He also stopped the construction of the border wall mandated masks on federal property, and rescinded Trump's ban on transgender service in the military. More executive orders are expected to be signed in the days to come. Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters joined forces in Seattle yesterday to block traffic in the downtown area. A video posted to Twitter shows the protesters setting a large fire in close proximity to several commuter buses. Antifa rioters also attacked the headquarters of the Democratic Party in Portland, Oregon, and left anti-Joe Biden messages on the day of his inauguration in Washington, D.C. The rioting appeared to be planned well in advance as, as demonstrated by flyers advertising the event days earlier. Police said eight people were arrested and the charges ranged from criminal mischief to possession of a destructive device to riot and reckless burning. Hundreds are reportedly dead after a massacre at an Oriental Orthodox Church in Ethiopia. The attack was carried out by government troops and Amara militia from central Ethiopia, and at least 1,000 people were estimated to be hiding in the church at the time of the attack. 750 of them were killed. The killers were apparently seeking the lost Ark of the Covenant, which is said to be contained in the Ethiopian church and guarded by a priest. Tens of thousands of Ethiopians have fled this region after an increase of violent conflict in the country. The Rainbow Halo Trial began in Poland yesterday. The trial concerning three activists who distributed posters depicting Poland's Black Madonna icon with a rainbow halo will resume next month following a tumultuous opening hearing. Three women went on trial on January 13th accused of offending religious feelings a crime punishable in Poland by up to two years in prison. A crowd of mainly young people gathered outside the courtroom, chanting slogans such as, A Secular Not-Catholic Poland and The Rainbow Does Not Offend. The Catholic Church in Poland is not currently commenting on the court case, which comes as the church appears to be losing ground in Polish society. More than 90% of Poles are baptized Catholics and the country has the highest weekly church attendance in Europe. But statisticians announced last month that Sunday mass going declined by 1.3% in 2019 before the coronavirus pandemic struck the country. I'm Emily Alcaraz, and these are your Thursday morning headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Emily, for uh, reading the headline news. Let's pray for Poland. I hope they don't Mm -hmm. end up like Ireland. Uh, St. Albin Bartholomew Rowe, pray for us. Born in 1583 in Suffolk, England. Long before three strikes you out policy in America became a thing, uh, St. Albin was living the life. <laughs> he was a convert to Catholicism. He studied at the English college in Douai, France, but... He was dismissed for an infraction of discipline. I have no idea what he did, but he was not allowed to stay there. He did join the Benedictines and was ordained a priest in 1612 in France, but his heart was for the mission fields of England, his own people, trying to bring them back into the Catholic faith. They had uh, left under Henry VIII and, of course, his daughter Elizabeth. But he was arrested for the first time in 1615. But he got off kind of light in 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 to be honest i mean They only kicked him out of the country. It could have been a lot worse. Now, he could have stayed, but he didn't. He chose to go back. In fact, in 1618, he returned to England, but was arrested again. And this time, he would sit in prison until 1623, until when the uh, Spanish ambassador came to his rescue and obtained his release on condition that St. Alban leave England and stay left. Don't come back. Well... Alban didn't listen. Maybe that's why Douay kicked him out. I don't know. But he did return, in fact, to England uh, a third time. And this time he, he was arrested in 1625 and he stayed in prison for 17 years before they finally tried him and convicted him of the crime of being a Catholic priest. Three strikes and you are out. He was one of the 40 martyrs of the English and Wales, uh, who were, uh, as well as Blessed Thomas Reynolds, who was hung, drawn, and quartered on January 21, 1642 in Tyburn. Think about that. Hung, drawn, and quartered. What a gruesome way to be martyred. But he did so for the faith out of love and charity for and zeal for the souls that he hoped to win for the glory of God and for their salvation. He was canonized by Pope Paul VI on October the 25th, 1970. Saint Albin Bartholomew Rowe, pray for us. The gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. Jesus withdrew toward the sea with his disciples. A large number of people followed from Galilee and from Judea. Hearing what he was doing, a large number of people came to him also from Jerusalem, from Idumea and from beyond the Jordan, and from the neighborhood of Tyre and Sidon. He told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crush him. He had cured many, and as a result, those who had diseases were pressing upon him to touch him, and whenever unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God! He warned them sternly not to make him known. The Gospel of the Lord. I, do you guys, I love the fact that uh, even the devils recognize Jesus as God. Even the devils proclaim Jesus as the Son of God. I wonder uh, how often we proclaim Jesus as the Son of God. I also like the stark contrast in this particular passage from yesterday's. So you might recall, you know, in, in previously in the gospel, the Pharisees and the Herodians <laughs> collude together to kill Jesus. You remember that episode yesterday? Like, they, they, they were like getting together. polar opposites of the political spectrum are colluding and conspiring together, working together, united across the aisle, so to speak, in order to bring about the death of Jesus, whom they could not stand. And uh, and here we see a contrast to the Pharisees and the Herodians. The people come out in mass to the point where Jesus is <laughs> needs a backup plan. He needs an escape strategy just to avoid being crushed by the people because he's healing them and he is uh, casting out their demons. But even the demons recognize him as the Son of God and proclaim him so. How often do we as Catholics proclaim Jesus as the Son of God? And then furthermore, I guess the, the reality is, if we are going to proclaim Jesus as the Son of God, which, which he in fact is, uh, what does that mean for our lives? What are the ramifications? What are the the, uh, the consequences? What are the the realities— of that of that fact that Jesus is the son of God and if he's the son of God and he says if you love me you will obey me in John 14 then why do we not live as though Jesus is the son of God why do we not conduct our lives like St Bartholomew Rowe did three times he could have He could have kept away, could have lived a quiet and peaceable life in a parish someplace in France or Italy or whatever. But instead, he kept coming back knowing that he might die in the process, be martyred for the faith because he had zeal for souls. I believe it's because he knew Jesus is the son of God and he must live his life as though that is true. I also believe that is part of the reason why Archbishop Jose Gomez wrote the letter he did yesterday and sent it to President Joe Biden, because he knows Jesus is the Son of God, and we must live our life accordingly. Adrian, Emily?
0: Yeah, so we see now a large number of people are following Jesus now to the point where he has to get on a boat so they don't crush him. Um, And Jesus is healing and doing miracles. So are these people, are they, we wonder, are they following him because they know that he's God and they know that that he is their creator and has done so much for them? Or are they following him because he's doing miracles and healing and and relieving them from this temporary suffering? Um, so I think this is why Jesus is tell, tells people in the Gospels, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that I'm God. Don't tell anyone what, you, what, what you've seen here because he wants to test their faith. See how authentic it is. Are you following Jesus because you want him to do something for you? Like, this? is this an exchange where um, you profess your faith And God gives you everything you want. No, we can't treat God like a genie who grants our wishes or like a vending machine. God is not a vending machine. And we have to follow him not out of um, expectation of receiving some sort of gift or miracle, but because we authentically love him and we desire to be in relationship with him.
4: Yeah. So the, the one thing I wanted to talk about was the lion fell down before him in verse 11 Uh, St. Thomas focuses on this and points out the fact that even the devils uh, bow down before God. But the reason they they bow down before God is different from the reason why we bow down before God. See, we bow down before God because, uh, just like Scripture says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend. Um, Because our Lord, we love him, we recognize him as our God, and we want to give him the honor and just uh, desert, just uh, worship that he that is owed to him because he created us and because he loved us and because we love him. Whereas the demons, uh, they bow down before God because they have no choice, mm. because they are forced to by the power and magnificence of God, by the absolute uh, terrible, as in to striking them with terror, the terrible power of God. Uh, and so no matter what happens, at the end of time, at the second coming, all will bow down before God. But why we will, that's up to us. Why we're going to bow, bow down to God, that's up to us. But at the end, every demon, every um, poor soul in hell will be bowing down before the face of God. But so, too, the great uh, glory of those in heaven will also be bowing down before God. Um, but may we be Christ. May we be, May
3: that be the reason. Amen. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, speaking of opportunities to, uh, to give glory, we have a wonderful opportunity coming up on the other side of this break. We're going to be doing our Fear and Trembling game show, our trivia game show, which has always been a lot of fun. We have three questions. I have three opportunities to get into the coffee cup of divine providence. And we have a cool package to give away this week. Uh, we have a sponsor a generously underwriting our, our prize pack. And it's, a, I think, a Sacred Heart t shirt, if I'm not mistaken.
0: That's right, a t shirt from His Glory Company.
3: How wonderful. What's the website?
0: hisglory.storenvy.com you can also find them on Instagram
3: alright so now is the time as we go off to break uh, if you would like to be the contestant uh, for the Fear and Trembling game, sh- game Show all you need to do is be the first caller right now at 877-757 9424 877-757 9424 877-757 Nine four First caller gets to be the contestant, and we'll have three opportunities to get you into the coffee cup. We'll pull out a winner on Friday. Who knows? Will it be you? We'll be right back.
5: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, huh. your children can grow in the, in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org.
1: Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible.
6: We are the Catholic Church,
1: with over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the Church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org
6: today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling... <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain!
3: (laughs) I just love that intro. Uh, Welcome back to uh, Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show letting you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants, right? Uh, What an opportunity. Still no one to date has... Taking me up on the offer. I, I'll give you a free shot at the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence if you'll just post on uh, Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Uh, where did I steal that from? Uh, you can't Google it, but if you can post that there, and I'll throw you in the cup for one chance at our prize pack this week. But here's how the game works. I have three questions in my hand. These are Catholic trivia questions. Three opportunities to get into the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. And I don't ask these questions to the caller. Mm-mm. I ask Emily, I ask Adrian, and the two of these uh, co-conspirators have uh, have figured out one will have a right answer and the other will have a wrong answer. The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to decide, do they want to go with Emily? Do they want to go with Adrian? And every right answer to that gets them into the coffee cup of divine providence and for the prize pack. Tell them, Tell them
6: what they could win, Emily.
3: <laughs> I, just, I never know if he's going to play it. Wow. I just never know if it's going to happen or not. <laughs> Emily, who's the sponsor?
0: So His Glory Company, they're super cool. They make Catholic apparel, anything you can think of, even everything from onesies for babies to cool sweatshirts. Um, so His Glory Company dot, or sorry, the website is His Glory dot store, N-V-Y dot com, And they also have a big uh, Instagram account that you can follow, HisGloryCo. So this week they're giving away a Sacred Heart T-shirt. It's uh, unisex, and it has this beautiful image of Jesus and the Sacred Heart on it, so you can evangelize without saying a word.
3: All right. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Um, By the way, we had a bunch of calls come in. God love you. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our show and and trying to be on the the game. But it's always the first caller who who gets to be on air with us. And I'm seeing Kim and Tony. Good morning to you. Thank you for being on our program today.
5: Good morning.
3: Where are you calling from, Kim?
5: We are coming from, coming
3: from Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, is it, what, 40 below and uh, three feet of snow on the ground in Dallas, Texas? What's the weather look like today?
5: Oh, it is
3: 50 degrees, and it's, uh, it's nice, actually. 50 degrees. That's wow. A bed. So, so, is it a beach day in Dallas? I mean, like, <laughs> kind of like you middle of the frozen tundra there. All right, so praise be to God. Where do you, uh, Kim, where do you and Tony go to church?
5: We go to Sacred Heart in Rowlett, Texas.
3: All right, praise oh, God, Sacred. By the way, today. we're giving away a t-shirt, yeah. a Sacred Heart themed t-shirt. So, you could have an opportunity here. Kim, have do you are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the rules work?
5: We do. We listen to it every morning on our way to school. We go to Tony goes to school at Notre Dame School of Dallas, it's a special needs school, Catholic school for all people with special needs.
3: How wonderful. Praise God, well Notre done, Tony. Dame. Well, uh, Tony, thank you for being a part of our game show today. We're very excited to have you on the show. All right, we're ready to go. We start with Emily, as is our custom. Emily, are you ready?
0: Yes. Are you sure? Mm-hmm.
3: Are you sure? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Could be a tricky one. Could be a tricky one. Could be. Emily, could you please translate the Latin phrase Deo Gratias" into English?
0: Well, I have never studied Latin, but I'm pretty sure Deo Gracias" means... Thanks be to God.
3: Okay. Sounds, Thanks be to like God. Sounds like
0: gracias in Spanish, you know. All
3: right, very good. Let's see if Adrian can figure this out. Adrian, uh, Adrian, please do me the favor of translating "Deo gracias into English. Deo
4: gracias. So that's uh, that's two words. Um, I'm going to go with unto God who giveth joy to my youth. That's that's a heck of a Excuse phrase. Excuse me. Unto God. I'm sorry. One more time. Unto the altar of God, to God who giveth joy to my youth. That's what it's, I'm going with. I thought it was it just got two longer. words. It just got really long. <laughs> well, you, get, you gave four
3: words. Okay, it's Adrian. Deo Grazia. You said, thanks be to God. That's four words. All right, hold on. Let's start. I want to be clear here. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for Unto the altar of God, give joy to my youth. Unto the altar of God, to God who giveth joy to my youth. And Emily is on the hook for thanks be to God. Yes. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's making it up? Uh, Kim and Tony, what say you?
5: Emily, Emily.
3: (laughs) Survey says. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
5: oh, <it's> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kim and Tony,
0: you're in
3: the coffee cup
0: of divine providence. <laughs>
3: Congratulations. Uh, we still need that uh, duh sounder. I mean, well, like, <laughs> g- college cat novius over there. Well,
4: the, the, what I was was, uh, If you say the, so. It's a prayers of the
3: beginning of mass. <laughs> Gazunite. That is so
0: extra. (laughs) All right,
3: all right. right, Well, Kim and Tony, you are in the cup. Congratulations. Let's try for number two here. We're going to Adrian this time, but don't okay. Don't let Adrian fool you. He tries to be slick. He'll throw you off. So you got to keep your ears peeled here. All right, uh, Adrian Fonseca. Here we go. Uh, What is the climax of the first part of the Holy Mass? The climax.
4: Uh, of the first part of the Holy Mass, Uh, I'm going to go with the gospel. You know, when they do
3: the the gospel procession, I'm going to say that is the climax. Okay, the gospel. All right. Seems reasonable. Emily, let's ask you, Emily, what is the climax of the first part of the Holy Mass?
0: The first part? um, I'm going to go with the psalm. The psalm is like right smack dab in the middle of the first part, so um, that's what I'm going to go with.
3: You're on the hook for the psalm. Yeah. All right. So Emily's on the hook for the psalm, and Adrian is on the hook for the gospel. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? What do you think? I
5: think it's Adrian. Adrian.
3: Survey says... Oh,
0: sorry. Wait, no, we no, no, no. got it. I wrong.
6: Hit the wrong we it.
4: Wow. tricked you.
0: We tricked you. You're, <laughs> right. Right. You're doing, bad.
3: Adrian. I hit the wrong button. <sighs> all right, Congratulations Jay. you got it right. just to be clear, you so got no, it right.
6: Too.
3: Adrian is struggling oh, over there. We uh in Adrian's defense we replaced the all the computers yesterday and he's got a whole new setup and he's trying to keep the the, the plates spinning. But you are in fact in the coffee cup for two chances towards this week's prize, which (laughs) is a Sacred Heart t-shirt. So congratulations, Kim and Tony. Are you ready, Kim and Tony, for your final opportunity in the coffee cup? Yes, yes. Uh, All right, praise God. All right, so this one probably is going to be the hardest one of all, I'm going to guess. But we'll see. We're going to start back with Emily this time. Emily, what is the term used to describe the Catholic teachings which Protestant theologians accept? (laughs) <laughs> so we're looking for the term of cat that describes the Catholic teachings which Protestant theologians accept as true.
0: Is that the Deuterocanon?
3: Is that your answer? Yes. The Deuterocanon. You're on the hook for the Deuterocanon. Could be. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, uh, give me the term to describe Catholic teachings which the Protestant theologians accept. Mm-hmm. Well, so the so this is uh, the
4: term that's used to describe all things that all Christians agree upon, which C.S. Lewis called mere
3: Christianity, but the theological term is actually uh, the fundamental articles. Fundamental articles. Uh, so Adrian is on the hook for fundamental articles, and Emily is on the hook for deuterocanon. Is that right, Emily? Yes. Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Kim and Tony, what say you?
5: I think
3: it's Adrian. Adrian! Survey says... Congratulations you nailed it And I didn't hit the wrong button this time You didn't let him fool you Tony you are
0: so smart and joke Can I add something? Please So Sophia from Instagram has just sent in Philippians 2.12 Is that where the intro is from?
3: Sophia's nailed it Congratulations Sophia gets her name
0: in the coffee cup (laughs) too
3: So we have four entries into the cup today But Kim and Tony uh, well done You did a good job Perfect score how do you feel? Awesome. Thank you. Well, God is so very good. We're so delighted you are a part of our program today. Have a great day. We're happy to hear that you're going to Notre Dame's uh, school there in the Dallas area. We'll be praying for you. Hopefully, you'll be praying for us. We will.
5: Thank we you will.
3: so much. All right, don't go anywhere. I'm going to put you on hold. Uh, this way, Adrian can get your information because tomorrow morning we will be pulling out a, a name out of the coffee cup and giving out the prize. And it could be you. If it's God's will, it'll be you. But uh, So don't go anywhere. Stay on hold until Adrian gets a hold of you. But to, the Holy Mass will begin to broadcast here in just about a couple of minutes from now. Don't forget the Catholic Drive Time team is going to stay on our live social media feed on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube for the next 20 minutes or so for what we're calling the After Show. We would love for you to be a part of that. You can find us by searching for at GRN online or Catholic Drive Time. God love you. God bless you. We'll have Monsignor Charles Pope on the program tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Until then, God bless you.
2: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ and all things. Welcome to the uh, after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we uh, sort of recap very casually what uh, what we talked about in the show, any of the stories or whatever. I'm going to bring us back on camera here. I'm going to bring the split screen between Emily and I. Adrian is trying to uh, get Kim and Tony's information to make sure that we have that in case they are the winners. But uh, welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, uh, where we keep you informed and inspired, at least that's the... That is the goal, that is the attempt, but uh, interesting show today. A bit of a struggle, I would say, internally. We had several, uh, we had several challenges that I think we tr- persevered through anyway. We, we replaced yesterday, we replaced the computer that uh, runs the studio, and that meant we had to start from scratch. So poor Adrian is spinning lots of plates, and he's learning some new lessons again the hard way, so we'll have to give him a pass. And of course, my brain decided it wanted to shut off about four or five times. During the program, that's fun.
0: Mine did a couple too, Joe. Yeah. You weren't alone there. <laughs> it's, like,
3: it's like I'm I'm going along, then all of a sudden, <laughs> and like I get like the blue screen of death inside my head, and I have to reboot. It's but it, when you do that mid sentence, it's never any fun. Um, but that's the that's the challenge of getting up at three a.m. every day.
4: Uh, we had uh, so I just got off the phone with Kim and Tony, and apparently Kim and Tony called us and yesterday and they were the second caller yesterday. So oh, I, I talked to them I'm yesterday so and was like, "Oh, you're the second caller. Call back in tomorrow." And they call back in and they were the first caller today. So praise right. be to God. That
3: is awesome. Praise God. It is I love that part, right? I like uh I like having a positive moment, a fun time to uh to sort of uh just get away from the the negativity of the news sometimes. Um and there's been so much heavy news uh lately that it's it's nice to have a um, just a moment just to have a little laugh and Teach a little bit about the faith and and uh, spread good cheer, I guess, is Absolutely. what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
4: praise be to God. And um, I don't know if uh, Joe already said this or not, but I'll be monitoring the uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube comment section from both our on GRN online's Facebook page and also Catholic Drive Time Facebook page. So go ahead and comment there, and I will field questions, comments, uh, shout outs, that kind of thing.
0: It- Cool that someone already took you up on your offer to. <laughs> I was just gonna
3: say that, you know how how awesome is it that uh, that we finally uh, got someone to post a comment. Now, um, I'm trying to get to. Th- I'm trying to do two things at once, and I'm really not qualified to do that. Did you already know. give shout outs to the people who commented already? Um, We get
4: shout outs on
0: Instagram. Who else?
4: Chris uh, Velasquez on Facebook. Hello, Chris. uh, Says, uh, Good, my Catholic peeps. That's us. And uh, Lori Lori said, Way to go, Kim and Tony. Yes. Yes, And Estella
0: commented earlier. Good morning, Estella.
4: Oh, that's my
3: grandma. Hi, grandma. Oh, Oh, wonderful. (laughs) Praise be to God. Um, No, I was just going to say, What is going on? Um, (laughs) Good question. No, I'm trying to find. I'm just trying to get to the actual translation so I can read Philippians two twenty. But uh. oh. well,
4: the other thing was whenever you were mentioning the uh, the the gospel or the what where in the Bible did it say that I yeah. was actually thinking. So I was me and Emily. I, I think you're doing it too. You're doing the uh, Father Mike Schmidt's reading. Uh, yeah, uh, the Bible in a year. Yeah, yeah. So on, in the Bible in a year plan, uh, they were actually. I heard the fear and trembling in Genesis. And I was like, yeah. I was like, oh wow, that's so Philippians. So Paul is is quoting yeah. Genesis, and I didn't know that, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah,
3: Philippians two twelve uh, quote. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for God is at work in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. You hear me? my son. Hopefully my, son, my middle son is listening. I'm, I'm talking to you, buddy. Uh, do all things without grumbling or questioning. Wait, what? I hear a voice. No, Joe, that's for you. Okay. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Boy, let that sink in for a moment. Holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured as a libation upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should all be glad and rejoice with me. Did you catch that sentence there, verse 15? That you may be blameless and innocent. Do things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Is that not our times?
0: That's our time. I would love to hear that from the bishops also. Yeah,
4: honestly. And I, I'm definitely not blameless. I, can, I can't say anything and be like, oh, I am blameless in the sight of God. I am not that not that holy. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. This is the, the end to which we're all geared towards what we're trying to strive for, right? Yeah, be perfect amen.
0: as my Heavenly Father's perfect.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Only but by do, grace. But don't complain. We have an opportunity in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation to be the light. That's what he says. He says, shine as lights in the world. And it's in the context of doing all things without grumbling or questioning and being blameless, innocent children of God that is a powerful opportunity and reminder to me personally that uh, in you know even though we, we we worry and fret about what may be coming down the pike by way of censorship or or persecution or religious liberties or whatever freedom of speech or or uh, whatever else that may be coming via by, by draconian whatever um, we should do all things without grumbling and remain blameless and in, in and state of grace right? Right. Uh, so that we can our light can shine. And even if that means we have to be martyred or suffer, uh, like St. Bartholomew Rowe did uh, in today's uh, Saint of the Day, it's an opportunity. I, wow, that was a powerful reminder to me right there. And who was the lady who got that? Sophia. Sophia, Sophia on over on Instagram. Yes, yeah, For a second, when you mm-hmm. said Sophia,
4: I thought you meant Sophia Institute Press. Our sponsor. And I, I know. And I was so I confused. thought they were sweetening the like, pot. I was like, I was like what, what's
3: going on here?
4: <laughs> I was like, why is Sophia Institute commenting?
6: <laughs> yeah, they're kidding. Yeah, pretty God.
0: But yeah, God. you're absolutely right, Joan. I think that's particularly hard for us as we do this job to report the news to say like we did this week, yeah. Um, unborn humans are no longer considered hum- people in New York. But I know. Was that a
3: crazy interview or what? It
0: was crazy. And we have to continue to be a light and and continue to hold on to hope mm. while reporting on this sort of dreadful news. And we can't cross that line into complaining.
3: Uh, yes, but I do that all the time.
0: As
4: do I. As do I. <laughs> Stop complaining, Adrian. Stop complaining. I, I, <laughs> complain. I, oh, I, I said that yesterday. I was like, we know if we fix all the problems that we're having with the computer, then what am I
3: going to complain about? <laughs> I, I, I'll lose the things to complain about. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so, uh, it's so crazy. We, every time we fix one problem, we have another. To, to That's solve. life. Yeah, so, so be. <laughs> and now and today we've started problems we've already fixed. We're right back <laughs> to square, square back one. We're back to square one. Yeah, but hopefully the future means it'll all get worked out and we'll, we'll be smooth sailing, as they say. But uh, yeah, Adrian, man, you got the worst job. I mean, you ha- you have to spin a lot of plates, and sometimes you also have to say, uh, you know, uh, articulate things. Yeah, and then I have to
4: hit buttons that are in the wrong place. MVP, <laughs> MVP. But no, no. no. no this, last time you did that, everything we should, went wrong. Adrian the goat. God was like, God is like. Adrian, you got a. Human, did he just say goat? Goat, <laughs> the greatest player of all time. Goat. <laughs> Dude, do you not know what goat stands for? What what hole were you born in? It, you're, it's just funny coming from an old person. That's Ouch. But going backwards to uh, to the game show, I really like the the first question you you <laughs> that uh, that Joe just died on. Whenever I tra- the translation of Deo Gratia, I say. know it's like I said, College unto was- the altar of God. to he God read a who paragraph, for crying out loud.
0: You got the God right. <laughs> I know,
3: it's like I mean, he didn't even try to make it like reasonable. You know, it's like hey, they're both
4: parts of the mass.
3: We need a cat Navius sounder or a, a <laughs> duh. You know, it's like. Man, you threw that question uh, so easy. You just made it too easy for them. I just thought it was
4: hilarious. I thought it would be funny. (laughs) It's like (laughs) you get two words, translate it to ten words.
3: (laughs) Yeah, pretty pretty much. That's how that went down. That was funny. But no, it's it was. We don't want to make it too hard, right? We're not trying to like really stump people. No, no. But I did think it was be it was a good
4: um, teachable moment because the the unto the altar of God to God who give the joy to my youth. That's Mm -hmm. the uh, the prayer that is said by the servers. Um, and the priest, as they're g- doing the prayers at the foot of the altar, are about to ascend the altar of God. So they're saying, "They're they're saying, you know, this is this thing that I'm about to do. This ho- holy sacrifice of the mass is so great and wonderful that it, I should be in fear and trembling about to ascend the steps of the altar unto the altar of God." And so, and then he says, and to God who giveth joy to my youth. So there's Ugh, this, yeah, it's so beautiful. so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so it's actually said, I think, three times uh, by the server in response to the priest um, throughout the uh, the prayers at the foot of the altar. It's very beautiful. The
0: liturgy is just so rich. You can meditate on it forever, and it will always give you something new to think about.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just love it. Yeah. And then, of course, deo gracias. That's, that's uh thanks be to God. You know, that's easy. Easy
3: enough. Yeah, <laughs> praise God. You know, I was just thinking— uh, we need to get like an exorcist on or somebody, you know, a demonologist, something like that. It would be a good conversation to have, you know, especially with uh, somebody who can instruct on the proper use of deliverance prayers. Mm-hmm. Something I like to do as a father and husband of my home is uh, pray the deliverance prayers. And the reason why I just thought of that is because of the Latin. There's a reason why they pray in mm-hmm. Latin. Uh, It has a special significance. So as a – I got to tell you, as a knuckle-dragger, as a guy who did not grow up in traditional Catholic circles – I mean, I wasn't even Catholic. I'm a convert to the church. um, You know, Latin – Latin had to grow on me. Um, I had to get there. It didn't – for the longest time, I struggled with Latin because I didn't understand it, and it just felt like weird or whatever. But uh, it started to it grows on you, and you start to fall in love with it a little bit, and then all of a sudden you're, you're hooked. And then when I when I heard, I think it was was it Adam Bly or was it? Well, we had Father uh, Ripperger. I can't we, recall. We had uh, Jesse Romero
4: on a few months ago. Oh, that's talked, what it was. Talked to him on air about yeah. about this exact topic. Uh, and in fact, I think that interview is on our GRN online. Uh, YouTube channel. I mm-hmm. think you it was clipped yeah. and put there. So yeah, for sure. Uh, but we did talk about that, and the main reason why Aladdin is a beautiful and powerful language. And mm-hmm. me and Emily both we uh, both of us weren't exposed to the tradition of the church until a couple years yeah, ago. A couple years ago. Yeah. So it's we're very new to it as well. But the reason why it's so powerful is because. Uh, it was one of the three languages which the blood of Christ literally ran down on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. On the On the cross. On the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pilate put, uh, behold, the king of the Jews in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. And so those three languages have a very, very high power and importance. And that's why they have so much power and, and beauty. And um, And that's why in the liturgy, we use all three languages. So even if you go to the Latin Mass... The, they're still Greek in the Kyrie Eleison and the Christ the Eleison, and they're still Hebrew in the Alleluias. Uh, so they, uh, the uh, all three languages are still used because those
3: are the sacred languages. Wow. Yeah. You know, and one of the things I've really come to appreciate about Latin, having been to Mass in many languages, is how Latin becomes the great equalizer. So it doesn't mm. matter where you're from, what language you speak. Um, it didn't matter because l- the Latin Mass uh, sort of brings everybody to the same level, and unites everybody into the same right. And, and I've appreciated that, even having been in ma- been uh, have had the opportunity to attend Mass in the Vatican, um, which they were saying several languages, actually, if I recall. Italian, there were some Latin Mass parts. Italian, I think there was Spanish and English, and there were several languages they tried to incorporate in the Mass there. Um, when you go to Mass in Latin boy, it becomes a great equalizer, and you realize that, uh, you know, the whole world gets bound that way. It's a, it's a powerful realization, um, and uh, I've always appreciated it from that perspective, at least since it started to grow in me. But anyway, so it was fun kind of uh, getting in a little Latin lesson today. Deo gratias, What a wonderful thing we could all say today. Thanks be to God. Deo gratias. Lori
4: on Facebook says, I appreciate the Latin when I understand it and it is sung. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I played the uh, the Latin oh, chant uh, the under the Salve gospel. Salve
0: Regina today. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah. That's His the favorite.
4: Dominican tone, by the way. So if we want to find that, there's a solemn tone, yeah. uh, the simple tone, and the
3: Dominican tone. We're a little so.
0: biased towards Dominicans here. Sorry.
3: I noticed. <laughs> I was noticing this. All uh, You know, the uh, the uh, the pressure that you two put on me to use Dominican saints during the saint of the day is relentless. I mean, I mean, like some lobby group for the Dominican order. I have no sure idea on. what you're talking lobby about. Group. Jesus Robles, comment, Go Dominican. (laughs) Uh, Weren't you saying that there was some rumor, some conspiracy theory that Archbishop Fulton Sheen was a secret Third Order Dominican? And I specifically said that I wouldn't say that in public.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Here we are. But here we are. Uh, So
4: I was told by a certain priest that there is a rumor— Which is unsubstantiated, which is why I said I wouldn't say it in public. Uh, (laughs) But there is a rumor that whenever uh, Fulton Sheen was at CUA, Catholic University of America, he uh, became a third order Dominican Mm. uh, at the House of Studies because he would spend a lot of time there.
0: a renaissance man he was also by ritual
4: that's true yes he was by ritual but and so you can see pictures of him in the greek uh the uh, greek yeah, uh, orthodox the vestments uh, vestments
3: with the crown and everything it's yeah, pretty cool super cool yeah. but well, yeah so for the sake of our audience sake of audience might you uh tell us what does by ritual mean oh right Lest right, right. they fear it is means something other than it should be right so by ritual so we have the
4: oh, this would be a really good topic to have someone on to talk mm-hmm. about but there are a ton of different rites of the church Uh, The Roman rite, which is the rite that most likely all of us, uh, y'all listening, are all a part of. It's the most prolific rite in the church. But there are many other rites. There are the Eastern rites, uh, which is an umbrella category for a bunch of different uh, rites. But uh, there are several rites in the church, and uh, Fulton Sheen was by ritual, which means he did the Latin rite, the Roman rite, so he did the traditional mass, because at the time there was only the traditional mass, Uh, and then he also did the uh, Byzantine rite, Mm. and so he had the Byzantine uh, bishop, uh, uh, Episcopal garb that he wore, but he also had the Roman garb, so he was both, so he did both, so it was really cool.
3: Wow. Well, praise be to God. Uh, We have... uh... We have an opportunity here to teach the faith in, in many and, and subtle ways, and I think that's part of what we do as a mission here at Catholic Drive Time. And we also try to tackle some of the difficult conversations, and I know it's uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure people don't like that we cover or don't agree with, and that's fine, too. Uh, that's why we encourage people to comment or to give us their feedback. Mm-hmm. So if you're hanging out with us right now on any one of our platforms, we'd love to hear what you have to say. You can comment there. And maybe we'll read that on the on the air here. But uh, Chris Velasquez on Facebook says,
4: "I love our faith." And uh, Lori comment again, "Anus Day," which is Lamb of God. Me yeah. too,
0: Chris. I do love our faith. What a beautiful faith.
3: Now I've uh, I'm trying to also check out all of these other sites to see where we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at YouTube. We have no
4: comments on YouTube. I'm looking at our Catholic Drive Time Facebook page, and we have a few people watching, but no one commenting. And uh, most of our comments are on GRN Online Facebook page.
3: Yeah, and that's a great place to go. And I post the links during the first hour of the show. I usually will say Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. And the reason why I do that is because Stations of the Cross is also a part of our broadcast, and they are up in the New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts area. And so I kind of keep it more neutral that way. Uh, to make it just easier for everybody. But in the second hour right now, it's just Guadalupe Radio Network, so we tend to switch focus over. But we're posting links to both places, although I don't know if all the links I mentioned have made it over to the GRN side. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but <clears throat> I've been trying to spread the wealth here and post in different places just to see. You know, we are seeing censorship go absolutely bazonkers right now. Um, in fact, I have noticed that a lot of our uh capabilities on Facebook side are being limited. And I know that's just gonna get worse. In fact, we saw that with the uh Veritas videos that they were gonna ramp the censorship up. But I I don't know if anybody caught this. Now there was a today there was a there was a chance. I was working on this yesterday. There was a chance we were gonna get Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri on today. That was I tried. Uh didn't happen but if i can make it happen i'll certainly let you know and and the reason why we're going to get him on is to talk about freedom of speech and the fact that Simon and schuster dropped his book and the other publisher picked it up so i had contacted the other publisher and it seemed like they were interested and would try to help us make this happen but it didn't and maybe maybe it will still will we'll see maybe next week we'll have to see how that goes But the reason why I wanted to get Josh Hawley on was to talk about uh, freedom of speech. And you might recall when he was grilling uh, Zuckerberg back a month or so ago on uh, Capitol Hill that he he basically outed Zuckerberg that Facebook, Twitter, Google, and I'm sure some of the other bigger ones were all coordinating with each other, communicating secretly on the back end through their Slack, right? And they were sharing... um, what they called what did they they didn't call them censoring signals they called them security signals and he actually had huge uh, screenshot images on on uh, on a <clears throat> on a stand behind him showing cuz he had a whistleblower And the whistleblower shared the screenshots. So uh, Senator Hawley had actually, you know, for the first time it became public that in fact, these major social platforms and Google were all coordinating with each other, not only on security issues, but on censorship as well. So it became a problem. Well, in that video from Project Veritas, it also became aware that they were using Slack to coordinate their censorship game plan for the whole world. So I say that to say this. Um, we're trying to diversify. We're on Rumble. I'm posting to Gab, SP3RN, Gloria.tv. I mean, I was posting to Parlor before it got crashed, shut down, kicked off. I mean, where are you posting? I'd love for you to reach out and let us know what you think and where you are. But wherever you can connect to us, please do so. Help us spread the word. You'd be doing us a big favor. Uh, and also, be sure to download our mobile app. It's uh, Guadalupe Radio Network, and it's still available, as far as I know, on our iOS and Android stores while you can. It'd be be awesome if you could do that. But we're going to wrap up for today. Tomorrow morning, we're going to have Monsignor Charles Pope on, and uh, we'll catch up with him and all the activities in D.C. tomorrow morning with him, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. God love you. Thank
2: you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.